Hello friends, this is the Daily Edify with Jeff Lane, a place to get spiritually grounded and into alignment with the flow of love each weekday morning. In each episode, we'll focus on a spiritual practice, a poem, a book, a sacred text, something that can empower us to be more fully alive to the gift that is the day before us. Thank you for listening. Today's episode honors the legacy and life of Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., the preacher, poet, civil rights activist, husband, father, and theologian who was only 39 years old when he was killed on the balcony of the Lorraine Motel in Memphis on April 4, 1968. He was there to support the striking sanitation workers in the city and had just given the speech I'd been to the mountaintop the night before. On MLK Day in recent years, I've had a practice of rereading King's Letter from a Birmingham Jail. Every year it grounds me and challenges me to always remember the point of my life, my faith, my existence, is to participate in love, to spread that love to my neighbor, to realize God's dream of flourishing for all. For if my faith, if my life, my existence is not doing that, not, not making the actual circumstances of my neighbor better, more just, more dignified, then it has missed the mark. This letter was written in the Birmingham jail in April of 1963, but King was actually responding to a letter written by eight white clergymen, one of whom was Presbyterian like me who, in an open letter published in the local newspaper a few days prior, had called King's actions unwise and untimely, and they referred to him as an outside agitator. The basic message from his eight white clergymen was to let the courts bring justice and don't come in and ruffle feathers here in our local community. Be patient. Don't don't take to the streets to enact change. Let the courts take care of it. By the way, you can read this letter online. Just Google it. It's called a, a Call to Unity. And by the way, these white clergymen were not segregationists. They, they, As King called them, they were the white moderate. They were sympathetic and supportive to the cause of civil rights, but not wanting to ruffle feathers, not wanting to shift the status quo too quickly. Essentially, people like me. In the eloquent and compelling letter, King lays out his rationale for being in Birmingham, that he's there because injustice is there. For, as he writes, injustice anywhere is a threat to justice everywhere. He says we are caught up in an inescapable network of mutuality. What affects one directly affects all indirectly. So King is there in Birmingham to call attention to the injustice that is there and to do his part to rectify it, and to do so not by violent means, but by nonviolent direct action, which he lays out, the philosophy of nonviolent direct action he lays out in detail. So basically, King is, is writing to people like me, someone uh, who, is, who is sympathetic and supportive of the work of justice in the world, but who is wrestling with how to make that happen, how quickly to help make that happen. What is my role in helping make that happen? How do I use my voice, my resources, my connections, my gifts to make that happen? It also happens to be one of the greatest pieces of theology written in the 20th century, and so it's just so good to 
dwell in its words every year at this time. This year, as I reread it, I was struck most of all by the section toward the end of the letter on extremism. So King, uh, among many other things, is labeled as an extremist uh, by folks like these white fellow clergymen. And initially, he's disappointed at this label being categorized as an extremist. But as he continues to ponder it, he, he starts to gain a measure of satisfaction from the label because then he rehearses, was not Jesus an extremist for love? Love your enemies, bless those who curse you. Uh, he mentions, was not the prophet Amos an extremist for justice? Let justice roll down like waters and righteousness like an ever-flowing stream. Or was not the apostle Paul an extremist for the Christian gospel? And he cites more people, Martin Luther, John Bunyan, Abraham Lincoln, Thomas Jefferson. King then ends this part of the letter by saying, so the question is not whether we will be extremists, but what kind of extremists we will be. Will we be extremists for hate or for love? Will we be extremists for the preservation of injustice or for the extension of injustice? And so if we are to emulate King's example, we, we must ask, what kind of extremist will we be? Will I be? Will you be? In this day, of course, we want to be an extremist for love. And of course, we want to be an extremist for the extension of justice. But what will that actually look like in this particular year, whatever this year is holding for you so far and will hold in all the days to come? How will we be an extremist for love, an extremist for justice? And how might we do that with intentionality, with courage, with grit, with conviction, with hope? Friends, I'm grateful to be on the journey with you you are loved and never alone. If today's podcast has blessed you, provided a tinge of clarity or some nourishment for your spiritual journey, please share it with a friend so that we can create a more inclusive community. Or do you have any feedback for me, any show ideas, something that was particularly helpful or something that could have been better? please send me an email at thedailyedify@gmail.com. at gmail.com. That's in the show notes as well. I'd love to hear from you. Also, please consider rating and reviewing The Daily Edify wherever you get your podcasts. Friends, you are loved and never alone.